Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. How wonderful to be in your presence. Father, your word declares that where two or more are gathered in your name, there you are in our midst. And I often wonder if, if we're gathered together like this, and Jesus himself walks in that back door and walks down the center aisle and come and stand up here. I wonder if and how that'll change anything of our service. And Father, tonight I know nothing will change because these people here love you. Father, they've come tonight to receive from you. And holy God, how wonderful. What an honor and a privilege to stand in your presence. And tonight we stand in awe of you. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. And we say, have your way. And we say in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Give God a good praise offering. Thank you, band. And I want to tell you, it's quite hard to believe I'm kind of not here. I don't know, maybe I'm still just here. I don't know. <laughs> the way it's going now, I'm, I'm here kind of regularly in Pastor Harold and Maud. I honestly do not take it lightly. I take it very serious. I can tell you one thing, that um, you've been in my prayers. The new people, I've got to make some kind of arrangement to meet you, those that don't know me. But like 90 plus of you are sitting exactly where you normally sit, doing exactly what you normally do, just better. Hallelujah. Give God a praise offering. I know with all of my heart, and I said to Pastor Harold, the word is out. Miranda the other day just sent me a message, and she said, revival at Little Falls, and it's echoed by so many other people. So I want to tell you this, treasure what you have. But don't be selfish, Pastor Harold. They've got to bring others to share. I agree with you. And where two or more agree, so shall it be. Amen? A thousand more by the end of the year. And I've not forgotten the vision of the church building. It's still there. God doesn't make mistakes. And who knows? But this I can tell you. I am so happy to see your smiling faces. you lovely people. You're in my heart, and when I sit on the sand dunes, Pastor Harold, the whales have gone now. They waved goodbye. And funny enough, they waved with their tails goodbye. And then the dolphins were on Saturday as I sat preparing, and then I'm going to get into my message. But on Saturday, I sat there on a dune. There was not a living soul in view. It was me and God, and God blessed me, Pastor Harold, dolphins from Franzman's hook on my right, to Mossel Bay on my left, as deep in as I could see, dolphins, dolphins, dolphins. They were waving and jumping and surfing and everything. And I said, I have to tell the people that so that you can really be jealous and then just be transported past Harold and all and come and live in Mossel Bay. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise. He's good and he's worthy to be praised. Pastor Harold and Maud, thank you again. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow night. I'm not going to keep you long tonight because tomorrow night I have a very special message. And tomorrow night's message, message is practical kingdom living. 
That's what we're going to do. And then I will pray for an impartation. Because right now I am in a very good season of my life, living the kingdom where I am. If it was not that I believe God moved me, I would have been very worried. But God is there. He's with me, and it's going well with us, Pastor Harold Karn and myself. We've not backslidden. We are with God better than ever. Hallelujah. Right, the message tonight. I want to talk about advancing the kingdom. And it is a topic that I think is so red hot at the moment. The question is simply this. I always am very logical about these things and analytical even. And I said, is it necessary to advance the kingdom? You'd better know. It is a command from the Lord that we should advance the kingdom. So here I have some stats. And although they might be a little bit outdated, as a matter of fact, they're worse now, the latest that I have seen. So I just want to shock you into reality. This kingdom needs to be advanced, and here sits the agents that will advance the kingdom. Let me tell you one thing, to be in Little Falls Christian Center or any church for that matter on a Monday evening with the schools just having started and all kinds of other challenges and things uh, uh, um, uh, in, uh, what's the word, in competition with the kingdom of God. I want to tell you, put your hand on your shoulder and say, I am in the house of God tonight and God is pleased with me. Come on, that's it. God is pleased with you people. You people in Little Falls, uh, you people, it sounds so terrible, but you dear loved ones, brothers and sisters in Little Falls, I want to say to you, well done. I see you and you really look good. Not because you eat so good. <laughs> right. Stats. There are a pro proportionally fewer born-again Christians in Poland at this moment than there is in Nepal. Let that sink in. Poland was a very, very Christian nation. Now, that have changed. It gets worse. In the Czech Republic, that is in the 4070 window, evangelicals number fewer than 0.5% of the population. Those nations are in trouble. Listen to this. Three times more satanic priests are registered in Berlin than all the other ministers combined together. Listen, the kingdom needs to be advanced. Can somebody say amen? amen? This is serious business. Jesus died and he gave us a command before he went to the cross. And he said, go into this world, make disciples, teach them, baptize them. We are agents of change. You are here not by accident tonight. We are here because God promised me that He is going to visit us tonight. One specific point in this message. He's going to visit us and He's going to do something in your heart that'll change you forever. That's why I'm standing on this platform tonight. In the other 1040 windows, window, 770 million people, that's 95% are without a personal relationship with Christ. 95% of the people in the 4070 window, that's there in Northern Europe side, are without a personal relationship with God. You tell me, what does that have to do with us here at Little Falls? 
I wanna tell you, wherever we go, there are lost people that need to be saved. Can you say amen? There are people that you brush shoulders with that will never set their foot in a church. I think there's one person, Leon, tonight from Mossel Bay watching. Hello, Leon. <laughs> He's in my home cell down there. I wanna say to you, he will say that it's the truth. Most people that I am touching for my home cell down there are not in a church. They're Christian, but they, have, they don't have the commitment to do something more for Christ. So who knows where this is going? Listen to this in Germany. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a man that died for Christ. What a giant in the kingdom of God. He was from Germany. Is, was once considered a sending nation. Now it has become a mission field. My message here with the stats in the beginning and there's wagon loads more that shout in our face, you are going to meet somebody tomorrow that needs to be in church. You are going to meet somebody tomorrow that nobody will get them into the house of God. Nobody will get them with a personal relationship with God unless you do it because God chose you to be with that person and you will be the person that will love them into the kingdom. Can somebody say amen? amen. Yes, you are that person. <laughs> oh, pastor, you don't know me. You don't know the struggles I'm facing. I wanna tell you, Take your cares and your burdens to the Lord and leave it there and become fruitful in the kingdom of God. He's waiting for us to become obedient. Wherever I go in that place that I'm living, I am in the kingdom of God. I feel His presence wherever I go. My wife knows by now if I go for a walk and I go for long walks, 20 kilometers sometimes. If I go on those walks, she says, I'll see you when I see you. Because I stop at this person and Mort, you know this, and you know, stop and then you talk. And then here I talk. And then it's another talk here. But you know, you never leave one person the same as you found them. And eventually they say, what is it that you have? I wanted to. And you tell them, I am an on fire, zealous for the Lord, child of God belonging to Little Falls Christian Center. And I'm in the Bible school, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Right, the Word of God, we put that first. You don't have to turn there, I wanna read three scriptures for you. Luke 4, right there in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. Luke 4, verse 43. We see that the kingdom and advancing the kingdom was important for Jesus. He said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. For I was sent for this purpose. Have you ever asked yourself, why am I alive tonight? I had to face that question after I came out of that hospital bed. Why am I still alive? That was with COVID for those that don't know. Why am I alive? Why am I living here on the West Rand? Why am I now living in Mossel Bay? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And if you find that, you will begin to work towards it. Then we go to Matthew 4, verse 23. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. 
I think it's time that we begin to believe again what the Word of God says. You shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. And if you cast out a demon, that thing will have to bow its knee and go. Oh, I think of the early days, the early days, Pastor Harold Maud, where we spent the nights driving out demons. I wonder how many people today understand the price that was paid for this ministry to stand here. I have such respect and lately more so, Pastor Harold, for you and Maud, for the price that you've paid. I really, I salute you, I honor you. That is something that needs to be taken note of. You know, what made a John Wesley, what made a Paul, what made an Andrew Murray, what made these people giants in the kingdom of God, what made a Pastor Harold to sit here at his age and still with a shoulder to the plow working? It is because something happened in their lives. They had an encounter with God. There was a touch of fire in their hearts. And they said, here am I, Lord. Do something with my life. I have a purpose. Child of God, do you know your purpose? It's time to discover it. And I can now freely speak because I'm not the dean of the Bible college anymore. If you've not been to Bible school, get your act together and get to Bible school. Claw, that's it. I'm going home on Wednesday. You sit with the trouble. That's it. You can make for me. It's okay. I tell you. Advancing the kingdom. This is so important. During the time of the Roman Empire, and that clock is chasing, I'm not even gonna get halfway to, but this is, I'm, I'm gonna be here tomorrow night and more on fire, I think, because there's something stirring. The Roman Empire, when they took new territories, those soldiers went out. Listen, I'm teaching you a principle. Those soldiers went out and they did something to the new territory. They would begin to build Roman baths, Colosseums, they would bring their art, their culture, and impregnate that area with their kingdom. They would do all kinds of things, including bringing their religion, which involved worship of the Caesars. They would take that kingdom mentality of Rome and duplicate it in the new territory that they have taken captive. Why? Because if Caesar one day happened to visit that territory, he had to feel so welcome as if he was in Rome. Listen, advancing the kingdom works like this. We have to begin to prepare this place called earth. We've got to chase this kingdom of darkness to the pit of hell, and we've got to begin to prepare this area that we are living in right now, the kingdom of God, we've got to begin to duplicate what is in heaven here on earth so that one day when Jesus comes back, he will feel as welcome here as the king as he feels in his kingdom. That is what advancing the kingdom is. It is enforcing the rule. It is working on this new kingdom in a way that'll make God feel welcome here. What is the kingdom of heaven like? I wanna to say to you, it's a kingdom of love. Jesus does not take territories, neither should we, by fighting. 
we should take it by love. We should love people into the kingdom of God. There is nothing that love, can, uh, that love cannot accomplish. Even a dog cannot resist love. How much more those people out there. This kingdom is represented right now by Christ Jesus. And where does Christ Jesus live right now? Colossians 1.27, Christ in you. Listen, Christ lives in us. And if we really believe that, and it's sometimes a frightening thought. I don't know how else to say it. To know that Christ Jesus lives in Tiensblom. What I watch, he watch. What I say, he listens to. What I eat, he takes note of. The jokes that are told, he hears them. Christ in us. So if Christ really lives in us, don't you think that his purpose should be fulfilled through us? That's it. To advance the kingdom. That means if you see anything of the kingdom of darkness, you've got to push it back. You've got to push it back. You've got to resist the James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is for each and every person. And you know, you might be here tonight, you might say that, but pastor, I'm not really that on fire for God. I'm not that uh, into the word or whatever else. I'm gonna take you there, Maud says, shame on you. <laughs> That's good for you. Sorry for repeating you there. The kingdom is the spiritual realm over which God reigns as king. It is the fulfillment of God's perfect will on earth. Now, do you think it is God's will that people walk around with sickness? No. Do you think it is God's will that people sit in poverty? No. Do you think, do you think, do you think, wherever you detect anything of the kingdom of darkness, you actively stand against them and you push it back by the kingdom of God, which is seated in you in the person of Christ Jesus. What would Jesus do? You know the WWJD? What would Jesus do? I changed it a little bit. What would Jesus see? WWJD. Yeah, yeah. What would Jesus see? What would Jesus see? WWJS. There we go. What would Jesus see? If every Christian on this planet looked like Tiens Blom, what would Christianity look like? I can tell you one thing, if every Christian on the planet looked like Pastor Harold, Maud, some of the pastors sitting here, etc., the pastors, etc., etc. But you have to make it a personal thing tonight. If every Christian looked like me being you out there, what would Christianity look like? And there's only one answer to that. I don't want to rush straight forward to that. And I'm going to take you to Mark chapter number four. Turn there very quickly. I think I might just very well touch on this tomorrow night also, but I want to get you to Mark chapter number four. Now, Mark chapter number four. This book of Mark starts, the first words that Jesus says, you'd get to, to chapter four. The first words Jesus says in the red letters 
in Mark 1 verse 15. He says, And saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The first words in red in the gospel of Mark deals with the kingdom. Now let me ask you something. Is it important to talk about the kingdom? Of course it is. Is it important to advance the kingdom? For this purpose I came, Jesus said. He starts off with talking about the kingdom. And I make it my business to do two things. There are seven kingdom parables. You go and Google it and you'll find it. You'll quickly get it. Seven kingdom parables. Tonight we're talking about the sower. There are seven nights before Sunday evening. Take one kingdom parable per day and measure yourself up against it. Hear what it says and see how it applies to your life. And by Sunday evening, Pastor Harold, I set myself in agreement with you. Revival is going to break free in this place. Long enough has the devil played around with people called Christian. Can you say amen? Long enough was there court cases and financial difficulties and sickness and all kinds of harassment. It is time to stand with Christ Jesus on the inside of you against the gates of hell, against the kingdom of darkness, against the powers of darkness, and to say, my Jesus, cast it out. In Jesus' name I say, hallelujah. So, we see here in verse 15, then we can go on preaching in Galilee, that is chapter number one, verse 38. For this purpose I have come, he says, you can read there all the other scriptures. I don't have time. But then we begin to see that Jesus increasingly encounters difficulty with the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those seas. Those pathetic people. I told Pastor Harold earlier, I got, listen to me, the fright of my life when I realized how possible it is, listen, for people to harden their hearts to a point where they commit the unpardonable sin. Now, don't worry. You have not committed the unpardonable sin. I can guarantee you because you're sitting in church and you're listening to me. If you're still worried that you've done it, you haven't done it. <laughs> but it is possible for people to harden their hearts to that point. I was horrified when I saw what these people said about Jesus. It's by the power of the devil you do this. My, you go and read it for yourself. It's only four chapters to get to chapter four. But then we get to chapter number four, and it says here the parable of the sower. Now, here is the thing. If you read the parable of the sower, which is not the title, it's not about the sower, it's not about the seed, it's about the soils, okay? And I'm going to just jump ahead because time won't allow me to get into all the detail. But this I'm going to say to you. The soils represent the hearts of people. That's why I spoke about your heart before God. What does your heart look like tonight? And the soils represent that. So it should be the parable of the soils. And then we get to chapter number one, uh, four verse, verse one there. And he says there, and again, read with me. 
He began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered with him uh, so that he got in a boat. He couldn't handle it anymore. He had to sit in a boat. They uh, pressed too much against him. And he sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then verse 2. Then he taught them many things by parables. The word parable is para in the Greek, which is next to, and uh, bole, which comes from below, which means to throw. So it is to throw something next to, para, to throw next to, all right. So you would take an earthly story, and you would connect it with a heavenly truth, and you'd put the two together. Now, child of God, listen to me. I am like the sower right now, sowing seed. That word sowing there is to broadcast seed. I am broadcasting it, and as I broadcast it, here sits receivers that get it, that get it, that hear with ears that the normal person can't hear with. You see, the people on the outside, the masses, did not understand the heavenly truths coming by earthly story, a parable. They didn't get it. But the insiders, the disciples, and those closest to Jesus, they got it. And I can't wait to get there, so let's quickly move on. Right, so you get the thing here, verse 3. He says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, verse 4, and it happened as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Now it's the wayside. That is the rocky, hard place there, the place trampled underfoot, where the seed falls and the birds come and they take it away. Then we see verse 5. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth. In other words, it fell there, and it did come up. Those are the people that maybe by Tuesday, the message is still with them, but by Wednesday, it's gone. <laughs> you know what shocks me sometimes, Pastor Harold? If you were to get on, on the platform next Sunday and you say, what did I preach about <laughs> last Sunday? How many people will be able to say what you preached about last night? I'm not gonna do it, don't worry. I hear some nervous giggles there. Right, verse 5. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. How sad. The next one, the third soil, is the thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. These are the people that by Friday maybe still have the message. But then it's already all the stuff of the week, and the message is choked and it dies. That word that was sown in your heart. And then the ninth verse, and he's, uh, by the way, the eighth verse, and he said, um, other seed fell on the good ground, and it yielded a crop, and it sprang up, and it increased, and produced some 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Maud one day taught it so beautifully. She said, every preacher that preach, if I'm correct, Maud, you can correct me, but she said, every preacher that preach, three quarters, <laughs> of the message will probably not bear any fruit. And of the remaining quarter, there's still a 30, a 60, and a 100 fold that'll actually bear fruit. Now Jesus comes and he takes the disciples one side. And this is where I quickly wanna get to. 
verse 10. But when he was alone, those around him, uh, alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And then he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery. Oh, you're in church tonight, are you not? This is a moment where I believe, and I sense the Holy Spirit now, where God Almighty says to you, listen, my child, you've made an effort tonight to come to my house. In this very moment, I wanna take you to a special place. I wanna show you something. Now just for a minute, imagine, all of you have emails, so for a minute, imagine. Tomorrow morning, you open your email, and there is an email, and it says, Dear Tians, I have something very special that I'd like to share with you. In fact, it's a mystery. It is something so deep that you will not be able to understand it unless I reveal it to you. Now, would you meet with me for the next seven days, every morning? I want to have a special time with you to reveal to you what other people's hearts look like through my eyes, signed Jesus. What would change in our lives? Now, us ministers can never preach a message unless God gets to us first. God got me on this one. He got my attention. And when God said to me, Tians, I want to show you the hearts of people, those around you, those with the heart hearts, that only by grace can be penetrated, can be plowed over, that the fellow ground be broken up. I wanna show you those that have got rocky hearts, that needs to be taken away every one of those rocks. He says, I wanna show you those whose lives are so filled with thorns because they have no revelation of Philippians 4. Not to be anxious for anything because I'll supply all they need according to my riches in glory. He said to me, Tians, I wanna show you my faithful children. I wanna show you how many of them sitting here are only producing 30-fold when they can produce 60, only producing 60, when they can produce 100-fold. And when God showed it to me, I became so hungry that I said, God, here am I. Use me. Now, I wanna make you hungry. Listen, this is a time, a moment of visitation. There might not be a big hoo-ha, but I know that the Holy Spirit is moving from seat to seat right now. 
and he's looking at your heart. And you know your heart. You out there know your heart. And God says, it's time to make a new commitment. It's time to say enough. I jokingly said about the Bible school, but now I'm very serious. You cannot afford not to be in Bible school. You have to commit. You have to find a way. I don't know if there's still online Bible school, but if you can't come to classes because of work commitments, and I know people made excuse even for tonight can't be here, but join the online Bible school. Get the word in you. Get the seed in you. So that when you're encountering a person with thorns in their life, with huge rocks, with a hard heart, that you'll be able to say, this is what the word of the Lord says. Let me teach you. Let me show you. And here comes a word. Let me disciple you. I am beginning to have so many disciples down there. I don't know I'll have to multiply myself. That's what discipleship is. I'm coming in for a landing. The condition of the soil determines the receptiveness of the seed. The seed is being scattered tonight. And God is simply saying this. I want to meet with you to show people the hearts or to show you the hearts of people. As I was preparing this message, face after face came up before me. And some of those faces I am extremely concerned about. Extremely concerned about. Because Jesus, in this very, very portion of Scripture, just the previous chapter, he deals with something that I've never seen in the context of the sower. He deals with the unpardonable sin because it goes a few verses back where it says Jesus was angered because of the things that they said to him. There are those out there with hard hearts, but I believe with all of my heart there's no heart too hard not to be touched by the power of the living God. I have so much more, but this I want to leave you with. Please, I'm not going to do that tonight, okay? So I had another thing that I wanted to show you. But he says, I want to show you the hearts of people. The heart is deceitful above all things, says the word in Jeremiah 17, and desperately wicked. If you look at your heart, Listen, and you see things in your heart that you know should not be there. Go to God. Never run away from God, but run to Him. And Romans 8 verse 1 will become true in your life. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ and begin to walk according to His word and principles. There was a story that I want to end with, and then I'm going to pray for you before I release you for tonight. Remember tomorrow night, practical Christian living. 
And you're going to walk out here with so many ideas that I challenge you and I say to you and I promise you that your life will never be the same again. You're in for the adventure of your life. Amen? You said amen, so you'd better believe it. I said amen, you're in for an adventure of your life. Right, so I end with this story. You see, in this parable of the sower, Jesus says the following. If you have ears to hear, hear. Now, if you have a hard heart, which I doubt, that seed would have just like bounced into the beak of a bird. If you have the rocky soil, you'll probably go and think about it, but if you're amongst the thorns, a thorny heart, then you'll probably go to about Friday and then the thorns would just take over and Sunday you'll have to refuel again and that's how people go through life. Never advancing, never advancing the kingdom, never making an impact, never touching people's lives. By the way, you remember one thing. The only thing you can take with you to heaven is the souls of the people that you touched. Right. So in the days of John Wesley, here was a man, a godless man. But he was attracted to the music <laughs> of this crusade. And he would sit in his tavern, he was a tavern owner, and swear and go on, and every night he would do his thing. And then he heard the music. And he thought to himself, I'm going to go to one of these crusades and I'm going to just enjoy the music. But that's all. So he went to the crusade. And when the music was finished, he put his fingers in his ears. And he bowed his head and he sat like that. He didn't want to hear a word about the message. He just sat like that. And then God, in his almighty wisdom, sent a fly to come and sit on the tip of his nose. And he couldn't resist it anymore. And he took his one hand out and he started doing this. And as he did this, one sentence came from the minister. Let those that have ears to hear, hear. So I pray for flies to come and wake you up so that you will take your fingers out of your ears and hear this one thing. This kingdom must be advanced and then the end will come. I believe that the sooner we get the job done to advance the kingdom and bring the thousand and another thousand and another thousand. Come on people, somebody get excited. We bring them in, we change lives, we get the thorns up, we get the rocks up, we blow the hearts over and a 30, a 60 and a hundredfold will be in our midst as we advance the kingdom. Can you stand to your feet and let's give God some glory. Amen. Come on, people. Come on. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. Hallelujah. Come on. You can do better than that. Yes. Yes. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Before we sing a song, I want to do one thing. With Pastor Harold's permission, I pray, Lord God, tonight that you will visit these people in this night 
in the secret of their inner chamber. You will meet with them. And Lord, you will send circumstances. You will send the proverbial fly to get their attention so that they will realize, Pastor Harold taught us, if you've done your best, you can do 10% better. And Father, tonight, I release, in the name of Jesus, the understanding of their eyes and hearts to be opened, their eyes to be enlightened, to see things in the world that they've never seen before, to go to the depths of the heart of God and through His eyes to see those around them. And that they'll say, Father, I will not allow so-and-so to go to hell. I will not stand with this nonsense that Satan is bringing into their lives. We break every curse of the kingdom of darkness in the name of Jesus. And if you agree with me, say, Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.